Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. safe to say that, um, man, alive, we all need encouragement. We all need support. We all need maybe a sense of direction when it comes to winning, not just in our personal lives, but, you know, if you're married, you know, in your marriage, if, if you've got kids as a parent, you want to you wanna see your kids thrive and become all that God has destined, destined for them to be. And I believe now more than ever, man, we seem to be I'm talking about just on a global scale, on a national scale. It seems as though now more than ever, we're losing ground spiritually and morally. And we want to take back what the enemy is trying to steal from us. Amen? And that's the reason why we're calling it the winning family. Because I believe that God has already teed us up for success. He's already... He's already given us a sneak peek. We've already read the last chapter in Revelation, and we know in the end we win. But sometimes we live as though we're losing. And today we're going to talk about something that's extremely important. If you're maybe new with us today, if you missed week one or week two, you can always check out our podcast or you can watch the messages there on our YouTube channel as well. But I want to just begin today's message Uh, By asking you a question, I want you to give some thought about this for just a moment. If you could arrange this week to spend five minutes one-on-one, face-to-face with Jesus, and you could ask him for literally anything, Now think about this, five minutes with Jesus, you could ask him anything you wanted to ask him. What would you ask him for? I know what I would ask him for. I'd say, Jesus, I need 10 million bucks. He'd probably look at me and say, for what? So we can build that church of yours down the road. Because that's what it's going to take to buy land and to build the building. Tax, title, and license to be paid for in full. Jesus, I need you to hook us up. That's what I would ask you. Now think about it. If you had five minutes with Jesus. And you could ask him anything. What would you ask him for? Well, the disciples had the opportunity to do that very thing. And what's crazy is that these disciples who had walked with Jesus, who had hung out with Jesus, got the opportunity. And what's crazy is that of all the things they could have asked him for, of all the things they could have maybe just positioned themselves to maybe you know, to glean from him related to things that they personally could benefit from. The one thing, the very thing that these disciples asked Jesus for in Luke chapter 11. You ready for this? Here's what they said. Here's what the question was. They said, Jesus, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Now, for me personally, I'll be honest with you, and I'm a pastor. That'd probably be the last thing on my mind that I'd want to ask Jesus, knowing that I was with Jesus, and I could have asked him anything, that would probably be one of the last things on the list that I probably would have asked him for. And what's crazy is that the disciples, here they were, they had seen Jesus preach, they had performed, they they had witnessed Jesus performing miracles with their very own 
eyes. I'm talking about Jesus healing the sick. I'm talking about, you know, Jesus casting out devils. I'm talking about Jesus walking on water. I'm talking about Jesus resurrecting people from the dead. I mean, these guys, they got a front row experience walking with Jesus, experiencing all these incredible things. Not one single time did the disciples ask Jesus, hey, Jesus, Jesus, hey, teach me how to preach like you do. Hey, Jesus, hey, I want to do that walk on water thing. How'd you do that? Teach me how to do that. Hey, Jesus, Jesus, that was like totally epic when you raised Lazarus from the dead. How, get, I want to get in on that action. How did you do that? Not one single time. Of all the things they could have asked Jesus for, the one thing they asked him for was teach us how to pray. And what's crazy is that there obviously was something that the disciples began to understand as they connected the dots with Jesus that every single time that Jesus prayed, things happened. I mean, they saw results. They saw mountains moved. I mean, they saw miracles performed. They saw things that were unexplainable. When they saw Jesus praying and they witnessed the results of him praying, here's what they begin to understand. That, hey, whatever he is doing, it works. I mean, that's the secret sauce. That's it. That's the key to Jesus' life. It's supernatural when Jesus prays because things happen. I believe with all of my heart that the same thing is true for you and me. I really believe that. I truly believe that if anything if we as individuals, if we as couples, if you're married, if we as families, for those who have children, if, listen, if you truly, truly want to see your family thrive, if you want to see your life thrive, your marriage thrive, your future, listen, if you want to see God's provision, His blessings, if you want to see His if you want to see his super placed on your natural in every realm of your life, then we need to have the same attitude and the same desire that the disciples begin to figure out and that was God teach me how to pray God teach me to be able to live in victory so that I don't have to live in defeat because that was the key to Jesus's life you probably heard it said the family that prays together what stays together and I really really believe that it's interesting, in Luke chapter 15, there's an amazing conversation that Jesus is having. In fact, there's really four specific chapters around um, John 13, 14, 15, 16. And in these conversations that Jesus is having with his disciples, these were like the last conversations that he's having with his disciples. And Jesus is basically giving them a heads up. He's warning them. He's, got, he's saying, guys, just so you know, I, I'm getting ready to leave. And I'm going to be going away for a little while. I'm going to be, but I will be coming back to life. You just need to know these things are getting ready to happen. And they didn't really fully understand or maybe wrap their minds around exactly what he was trying to convey. But Jesus used in these conversations some metaphors. And one of the metaphors that Jesus used is what we're going to talk about in Luke, excuse me, in John chapter 15, looking at verses 4 through 17. John chapter 15, looking at verses 4 through 17. If you have um, our app, you can follow along or, or you can also uh, look at the Bible app there. Luke, excuse me, I'm sorry, John chapter 15, verses 4 through 17. Follow along with me as I read. This is Jesus now talking to his disciples. He said, remain in me. And I will remain in you. Let me pause here for just a moment. You say, what does that mean to remain in you? And remain in me. 
Well, some translations, or maybe if you're reading like the NIV, for example, or maybe the, the New King James, it will have the word abide. What does that mean? That means close fellowship. It means walking in communion and close fellowship with him. So if you remain in me, if you stay close to me, if you stay connected with me, if you remain in continuous conversation and fellowship with me, I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful in your marriage, with your kids, in your life, unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. And those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me... You can do what? Say it out loud with me. Nothing. Now anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Now notice, remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. Now I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy, your happiness will overflow. This is my commandment, that you love each other in the same way that I have loved you. And there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for his own, for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves, but because a master, notice, doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you to go and to produce lasting fruit. So that the Father, notice, will give you whatever you Ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. You could summarize everything I just read there in Luke. Excuse me, I keep someone to say Luke. In John chapter 15, you could summarize everything that I just shared. Basically by saying, loving God, loving each other, staying in fellowship with God. Staying in fellowship with one another. Staying in unity with God. Staying in unity with each other. Stay in communion with God. And in communion with each other. Notice there is a connection with Him, with each other. With Him, with each other. Walk with Him, walk with each other. Connect with Him, connect with each other. There is a connection because there is a vine, there is a branch. You can't have one without the other. Because if you lack the branch, if somehow, some way, the branch is disconnected, is not in unity, is not in fellowship, is not staying connected, is not walking with, what happens? It loses its power. It loses its strength. It withers and eventually will die. And I think we could say that in many respects it's exactly what's happening to a lot of people. And sadly and unfortunately a lot of people are losing the spiritual. They're losing 
the moral battle in their lives. They're not maybe walking in victory and living in victory. They're not experiencing in their life or in their marriage or in their family what could be and what should be is because there is a disconnect. And the secret to the whole thing, God is saying, and Jesus is reemphasizing, is we gotta stay connected. We gotta continue to abide, to walk in fellowship with Him. We've got to be intentional in how we live so that as we obey Him, as we love Him, and we love each other, as long as we stay connected with Him and we stay connected with one another, Jesus is saying that is code. That if you pray and you believe and you'll walk in faith, you can ask me for anything and I will answer your prayer. So, let me just share with you four things that we can learn from this passage that I think is a game changer when it comes to our lives, to our marriage, to our family, to our future. And here's the first, and that is it places our family's devotion and dependence upon God. We were talking last night, FaceTiming our son Luke. He lives in Nashville, and... and um, He's working on some new music. It's always, it's always fun to kind of hear some of his, the early beginnings of some of his songs and things that he's putting together. And we're always just blown away by the things he comes up with and how he just, the imagination and creativity and how he's able to do the stuff he does from a technology perspective. And it's just like, wow. And we realize that there's a gift. God has given him gifts to do what he's done. And we also remember praying for him and over him at the earliest time of his life. And I honestly believe that it's because of that that there's been some things that we've been able to witness in his life that's like only God could have done that. Only God could have opened those doors. Only God could have done what he's done in light of the situation and circumstances. And we would gather when we were ki when the, our kids were younger. And in fact, I remember specifically, there was an incident when our two other daughters, our uh, daughter Rebecca and our daughter Ashlyn, they were, they were obviously a lot younger at the time, but they were also older than Luke. So Luke at this point, he was kind of like a toddler. And I don't forget, we bought him a little toy computer. And this little toy computer, it was electronic, but it was totally dependent upon it being plugged in for it to work. So one evening, we were in our oldest daughter's bedroom, and we were all just kind of, uh, you know, hanging out. We were on the bed, we were talking, and, and Luke, he had gotten his new toy computer, and so he was old enough to understand kind of how it worked. But what he did is he took the, the cord, he took the plug that you plug into the wall, and he went ahead and he plugged it in. And then you took the other end of the cord that, backed, that, that, that plugs into the back of the computer. And what he did is he took that end and he plugged it into the computer. But when he plugged it into the computer, it pulled the plug out from the wall. So he stopped what he was doing there. He took a few steps, got back down on his knee. He took the plug and then he would plug it into the wall. But when he plugged it into the wall... The other end pulled out from the end of the computer. He gets up, walks back over to the computer, gets the little cord, plugs it into the back of the computer. This time, the plug comes out from the wall. I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. He must have done that five, six different times going back and forth. We finally start to realize what is happening, and we're just like doing everything we can not to bust out laughing because we didn't want we didn't want him to think we're laughing at him when in reality we were we were like this is amazing but he was totally focused I mean he was like you could just sense the frustration building you could just sense the confusion like what is going on here and we are watching from the top of the bed, this whole thing unfold as we're watching this. All he had to do, all he had to do was look up to us. 
All he had to do was ask us for help, and we could have instantly told him what was going on, and we could have instantly solved the problem by helping him. But, but not one single time did he ever look up. He was trying to solve his own problem. And I couldn't help but think to myself, that is exactly what most of of us do. This is what most people do every single day of their life. They're trying to meet their own needs. They're trying to solve their own problems. And what happens is that more and more confusion and frustration and disappointment and despair happens in our lives. And yet God is simply inviting us. He is simply saying, if you'll just look to me, if you will just simply devote yourself to me and you will depend upon me I will help you accomplish things that you'll never be able to do or accomplish or figure out on your own and it's simple but at the same time it's hard to do why because we become so self-sufficient self-reliant our attitude is I'll figure it out I'll make it happen I'll I'll, I'll come up with a way to get things done, to solve these problems, to meet these needs. And yet we never look to God. We never seek God. We never depend upon God. Why? Because we become self-reliant. Well, no wonder we have so many issues specifically as it relates to things like mental health in our culture today. We hear this a lot among our youth today who are struggling with mental illness and a lot of the mental illness that they're struggling with are things like anxiety and stress and, and worry and fear and depression. And I'm not minimizing or simply saying that, you know, that, 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 that that's not true or real mental challenges. But what I am trying to help us understand is that the reason why there is such an epidemic and it has grown to out of control proportions is simply because we're not looking to the one who can meet our needs. We are not looking to the one. We are not devoted to the one or depending upon the one who can give us peace of mind and heart and to carry the burdens that God never intended for us to carry. And so therefore, what we have to understand is that if we want the power of God upon our lives, then we got to stay connected to the one. we got to be devoted to the one, and we got to stay plugged into the one, and we got to be dependent upon the one who can give us what we cannot give ourselves. And that's the reason why Jesus used the metaphor of the vine and the branch. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branch, but a branch cannot produce fruit if it is not connected to the vine if it is separate if it gets disconnected it's going to wither it's going to lose its power the same way it's exactly what happens to us so Jesus said it this way in John 15 verses 5 and 7 he said yes I'm the vine you are the branches and those who remain in me and I in them, as long as we stay connected, as long as we are in fellowship with one another, as long as you stay connected with me, you will produce fruit, Jesus said. But apart from me, you can't do anything. But if you remain in me and my words, his truth remains in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. What an incredible promise and prayer that Jesus is giving to us. In other words, if we want to know him, we want to know his will. If we are abiding in him, if we're staying connected to him, staying connected to his word. In other words, we're, we're not only embracing the truth, we understand the truth, but we are living the, the, the truth and we're applying the truth to our everyday lives. As long as we are staying connected with him. And we are pursuing the truth and we're applying the truth in our everyday life. He says we can ask what we want. And he will bring it to pass. If it's his plan. If it's a part of his will and his purpose for our lives. You know 2 Chronicles 16.9 says it this way. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth. In order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. I don't know about you, but I want to be that person. I want to be that one. 
I, listen, my prayer for you is that you'll be that person. You'll be that one. You'll be that couple. You'll be that family. As God is searching the whole earth and he says, I want that person. I want this couple. I want that family. Those are the people I'm going to bless because those are the people whose hearts are fully committed to me. So that's what we need to understand is that the first thing when it comes to understanding how prayer can change our family is that it places our family's devotion and dependence upon God. Number two is this. It puts our family in direct communication with God. When you think about it, most problems in life are communication problems. I like what John Maxwell says. He said, everybody communicates. But few connect. And that is so true. I like to say it this way. The furthest distance between two people are misunderstandings. And the reason why so many people have a difficult time when it comes to understanding communication or understanding the importance of communication is simply because we don't understand the one that we're trying to to communicate with. So for example, if you as a individual want to understand your boss at work, you'll never understand your boss at work until you spend time talking with your boss at work. If you're married, you will never understand your spouse unless you spend time communicating with your spouse if you're a parent you'll never fully understand your kids until you spend time communicating with your kids I think you get the point the bottom line is is that everybody communicates but few connect understand and what God is saying and what Jesus is saying here is this at the end of the day if we want to know him if we want to understand him, if we want to understand his good, his pleasing, and his perfect will for our lives, then we have got to communicate with him. How many of you have ever picked up the phone, you call one of those customer support lines? This happened to me the other day. I was calling the credit card company, and I had to cancel a credit card. So calling the 800 number, of course, you get that recorded line, and then it says, press 1 for such and such. Press 2 for such and such. Press 3 for such and such. Press 4 for such and such. And then it says, press 5 if you need to repeat the menu. Press 0 if you would like to speak to an operator. Finally, boom, hit 0. And then you hit zero, and here's what it says. Due to heavy call volumes, our customer service support team is experiencing high call volumes. The wait time could be approximately 45 minutes. And then it says, press one if you would like to hold. Press two if you would like to hear this menu again. I'm like, are you kidding me? And a lot of times, we think that way when it comes to our communication with God. Sometimes we think, well, I don't want to bother God. You know, I'll just, I'll just push, I'll just push, you know, number four here and maybe talk to somebody else. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to waste his time on my little needs or my little issues or what I got going on in my life. You know, we got World War III on the brink here, and I'll let him deal with the big rocks. You know, I'll, I'll just talk to somebody. No, no, here's the thing. What we got to understand is this. We got to understand is that the very creator of the universe has given a personal invitation to you and to me, and he wants us to communicate with him directly. Listen, we don't have to go through some bureaucrat 
We don't have to go through some support team over here. No, we, we can go to God. We can access God. Listen, we have been given priestly access to the creator of the universe, the all-knowing, the all-power, the ever-present God has invited you and me to talk directly with him. So the greatest single thing that we can do, John 15 says it this way. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants because the servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father. Notice, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and to bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. You cannot, listen, you cannot communicate with someone unless you know your relationship to them. And what you got to understand is that God, he's looking at you and me. He's looking at you as a person. He's looking at you as a couple. He's looking at you as a family. And here's what he's saying. Listen, I am calling you my friends. You are my closest companions and confidants. I'm inviting you into my inner circle. I want to convey to you. I want to reveal to you things, mysteries, secrets. Listen, I want to unveil my revelation so that you can have clarity, so you can have direction, so that you can have authority, so you can have power, so that you can have everything you need in order for you to thrive and to win the spiritual battles that the enemy is using to come against you. That's pretty epic. That's pretty amazing to know that we are friends with God. God calls you his friend. If you know him and you have a relationship with God's son, Jesus Christ, Jesus is God. And Jesus is telling his disciples, just like he's telling you and me today through his word, is that, hey, we're friends. You can come to me and you can unload. You can seek wisdom. You can bring your problems. Listen, you can bring your confusion, your frustrations. Listen, your needs, whatever it is, whatever's weighing on you, whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, bring it to me. We're in this together. Man, what an incredible, incredible opportunity. In fact, if I were you as parents, I would teach your kids this verse of scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17. And it says it in multiple ways, in different translations. One says, make your life, I love this, make your life a prayer. Another translation says it this way, pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. Why is that so important? Because we don't just have the opportunity to pray when we're at church for 45 minutes to an hour. No, no, no. We, we have access to God 24-7. That simply means we can pray continuously. We can make our life a prayer. Let me put it to you this way. Moms and dads, here's the thing that you can teach your kids. I call it the high five heavenly prayers. You say the high five heavenly prayers? Yes. We have the opportunity every single day. And this applies to all of us. Listen, if we could teach our kids this at the earliest possible age, the high five heavenly prayers, what is that? It is simply acknowledging, it's praying God's presence in our lives. So therefore, your kids need to understand that when they get off the bus or they get out of the car and they're going up to their school, they can simply acknowledge God's presence in their life, that he is with them, that he is for them, he's gone before them, he is behind them, he is beside them, he is wherever they go. His abiding presence is with them. And then we have the opportunity to simply pray for God's protection. Listen, no weapon formed against us will prosper. We pray for God's presence and for his protection and for his provision. Listen, we pray for God's power and we pray for God's 
peace. And when we pray the heavenly high five prayers every single day, continuously, we make that prayer our life. Guess what? We can move heaven and earth. Why? Because we are abiding. We are staying connected. We are in fellowship with and we are walking in the truth of God's word that is activated in our lives. It works. It works. I promise you, it works. In Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, it says it this way. Do not be anxious. Don't get all freaked out, worried, stressed. Don't lose control about anything. But in everything that has you freaked out and worried and out of control and all worked up, No, in all of those things, whatever those things are, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, notice, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, notice, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a promise. What a promise. So with that said, God wants to do something in our lives. And it begins when we place our dependence and our devotion upon him. When we put our direct communication in prayer to him. Number three, when we prioritize God's plan for blessing our family. What is his plan? It's right here. John 15, 7. But if you remain in me. And my words remain in you. You may ask for anything you want. And it will be granted. Heard the story about the guy who died and went to heaven. And as he's in heaven. He sees all these massive warehouses, and inside these warehouses are all these incredible gifts. I mean, thousands upon thousands upon thousands, I mean, just endless, amazing gifts packed in these warehouses. So he goes to Jesus, and he said, Jesus, why are all those amazing things Still in these warehouses. Jesus says to the guy, he said, every one of those things that you see, these amazing things, restored marriages, blessings, provision, supernatural healing, deliverance, boldness, all of those things. Jesus says, there's a tag on each one and every tag says the exact same thing the guy was curious so he runs over there to one of the one of those amazing gifts and he gets the tag and he flips it over and here's what it said never ask for goes to the other thing wow turns over the tag never ask for He couldn't believe it. He's looking at all these different things. And every single tag that Jesus said, it came true. Never asked for. And what does James teach us? Obviously, that's not a true story. But you get the point. The point is, it's what James teaches. What did he say? You have not because you ask not. 20 times in the New Testament, you see the word ask. And Jesus is saying, Ask me if you will abide in me, if we will stay connected together. If you will put your trust, your dependence upon me. If you will just come to me in direct communication and you'll prioritize these things in your life. Listen, I promise, Jesus is saying, I will bless you. I'll give you what you need. I will take care of you. Listen, I will lift whatever it is that you're carrying. I will provide whatever it is you cannot provide for yourself. 
And that's the reason why we're told repeatedly over and over in the New Testament. And Jesus said this way in Matthew 7, 7. He said to keep on asking and you will receive. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Psalm 84, verse 11. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. So I'm reminding you today. Listen, when we prioritize prayer, God has a way of unleashing blessings upon our lives. Now, you might be saying, well, hey, does that mean that we're never going to have problems? Does that mean we aren't going to have any setbacks or we're not going to go through rivers of difficulty and face hardships in our lives? I'm not saying that, listen, we're not going to go through those kinds of trials and tribulations. Why? Because we live in a broken, sinful fallen world. Jesus even said, in this world we will have problems. But even though we may not know what tomorrow holds, we know who holds tomorrow because God is in control and he is sovereign. So we don't have to get freaked out and wigged out about everything that is out of control because he is still in control even though it feels out of control. And God will take care of us. He will provide for us and he will give us what we need in our lives, in our marriage, in our family. He will do for us what we cannot do for ourselves because he provides. And number four. When we pray and we understand the importance of prayer, it positions our family to team up with God. You know, it's interesting in the biblical times and ancient times, these shields that soldiers used, these ancient shields had brackets attached to the side of these shields. And what was interesting is that these brackets were kind of like a, a, they were like a, almost like a, a latch, if you will, and the shields with that little bracket, they would, they, the soldiers were able to latch them together. And so, even though the shield could help protect one individual to a certain degree, what these soldiers did when the enemy was coming against them, what they would do is they would latch their shields together. And as they latched their shields together, what they were doing is they were forming a massive defensive barrier. And because they were latched together and because they formed this massive barrier, what they did is they would begin to move forward in unison. And they became this massive defense against those that were coming against them. And that's exactly what we do when we latch on to God through prayer. Guess what God does? God gives us a defense mechanism. He protects us from all the fiery arrows and darts that the enemy is using to steal, kill, and destroy. Listen, he is prowling, prowling around like a lion seeking for somebody, seeking for your kids, seeking for your marriage, seeking for everything he can to devour, to destroy, to sabotage, to rob. He wants to do everything he can to wipe you out. But I'm here to tell you, God is with us. He is for us. He is our defender. He is our strength. And no weapon formed against us will prosper. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And I'm telling you, when we help our kids understand this truth, and we help them to understand that, well, listen, when they put on the, the helmet of salvation, they put on the breastplate of righteousness, man, they, they put on the, the sandals of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. They take the sword of the Spirit. Listen, when they hold up the shield of faith and they step onto that school campus, I'm telling you, the gates of hell can try to come against them, but they will be victorious because God is on their side. We got to teach our kids that that is the key. All the lies the enemy is using to destroy, to confuse, to sabotage, and to rob what God has come to give the next generation. we got to take back what the enemy has tried to take. And listen, the only way we can win and succeed and claim more turf and to win the ultimate game when it comes to winning people to Jesus Christ, and that is with God's help by teaming up with him. And that's what our families need more than ever.
And so today, I just want to encourage you, if you want to know the secret sauce, if you want to know that one thing, that one thing that will give you victory, that will help you win in life, to overcome the battles that you face. I just want to encourage you today. Understand this concept of abiding, remaining. Because when we remain in Him, He will remain in us. When we stay connected with Him, he stays connected with us. When we walk with Him, He's walking with us. When we have continuous conversation with Him, listen to this. He gives us wisdom, direction, discernment. He gives us eyes to see, ears to hear. He gives us the power and the authority that we need. Because without Him, we can't do anything. We stay in a place of being self-sufficient and self-reliant. If we continue to do what is right in our own eyes, if we continue to have this mindset of, I'll figure it out, then we'll wither. We won't have what it takes to win the day-to-day battles that we fight. And I just want to encourage you today, stay devoted and stay dependent upon God. Stay in direct communication with Him. Prioritize praying for God's favor and God's blessings on your life. Pray that heavenly five, heavenly high five prayer. Just pray and acknowledge God's presence, God's provision, His protection, God's power, God's peace. Just pray it every day, every day. Pray those things over your kids. Pray it over your spouse. Pray it over your work. Pray it over your school. Pray it over your neighborhood. God's presence, God's provision, His protection, God's power, God's peace. And if we'll just commit to praying, God says we'll come close to Him, He'll come close to us. Listen, what we bind here on earth, the scripture says, will be bound in heaven. Listen, what we loosen here on earth will be loosened in heaven. That simply means through the power of the word of God being activated in our lives and living in continuous fellowship and obedience to the Father, God will move heaven and earth. He will loosen whatever it is that we need in our lives, in our marriage, and in our families so that we can live in victory. Amen? Well, let's bow our heads together in a word of prayer today and pray that you have heard my heart, been encouraged and challenged. And as our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, those of you watching maybe online, I just want to invite you to be a part of this as well. And I don't know what challenges you're facing, what you're coming against, maybe what has you in a place of fear or worry or anxiety or stress that you're experiencing in your life. I just want to remind you once again, you're not alone. God loves you. He cares for you. He's concerned about the details of your life. He's concerned about the things that concern you. What breaks your heart breaks his heart. 
that has you burdened, has him burdened. He calls you his friend. And today you just need to be encouraged and reminded that you can cast your cares upon him today. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You were never meant to carry them alone. He wants to come alongside you. And today, more than anything, he wants to help you. So can I encourage you today as a follower of Jesus, if you know him, you have a relationship with him, but maybe you have not fully devoted yourself and have lived in total dependence upon him through prayer and have made that a practice in your life or maybe your marriage or your children, can I encourage you today just to say to God, just tell God, just say, God, I need you. And today I'm inviting you to come alongside me and to help me carry what I'm trying to carry by myself. And maybe you just need to pray those five P's. Praying for God's presence, His protection, His provision, His power and His peace over your life, your marriage, your kids, your future, your work. Maybe you're here today and maybe you're watching online and maybe there's something missing in your heart. There's a void, there's a vacuum. Maybe you've never even been connected to the vine, which is Jesus, in your life. Can I invite you today to pray this prayer in your heart? To simply let go and let God have control of your life and just invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You can pray this prayer in your heart. Repeat it in your heart after me. You can say, dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. Today I believe that Jesus died. And he came back to life for me. And by faith, Jesus, I'm inviting you into my life. To forgive me and to save me. From this day forth. I want to remain in you, abide in you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul today. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, no one's looking, if you prayed that prayer, would you let me know by just holding up your hand high toward heaven today, saying, yes, I prayed that prayer, and I'm ashamed to admit it. That's awesome. Anybody else? Just say, count me in. Maybe you prayed that prayer online. Anybody else? Anybody else? That's wonderful. Father, we thank you for these that lifted their hands, just acknowledging that they put their faith and trust in you. And Father, I pray that today, Lord, that we would not minimize the simplicity of your word and the power of your word by neglecting prayer. Lord, we realize and acknowledge today of all the things that are most important. We know that staying in prayer, making our life a prayer, praying without ceasing, continuously asking, seeking, and knocking. God, we pray that today that you will loosen in heaven what we lose here on earth. God, that you will do for us what we could never, ever do on our own. For we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Come on, somebody. Let's give God all the praise he deserves in this place. Amen. Well, let me just say today, if you uh, prayed that prayer, you raised your hand acknowledging that you did so here in the service in the room or maybe there online, I want to ask you to do something that's very, very important. First of all, there in your seat is what we call a connect card. It looks just like this. And I just want to encourage you, if you haven't already, take a moment, make sure you complete the information on that uh, card and turn it in here in just a moment. But if you prayed that prayer, I would, I would 
really appreciate it. I'd love to know. It would mean a lot to me if you would take that pen and just put a check mark that says, I'm giving my life to Jesus today. We want to know that. In fact, there's a table, there's a connect tent. We've actually put it in the lobby uh, due to um, just the weather and the potential weather. Um, so it's convenient. Uh, we would love to give you a Bible. We'd love to give you a little booklet uh, called Rethinking Life Every Day. Pray with you, ask, answer any questions you might have. And uh, we would love just to walk you through your next steps in that spiritual journey. If you prayed that prayer online, you can uh, just click the little uh, box there, the little raised hand box if you're watching us on church online. Or you can actually just text the words, I decided, and uh, we'll shoot you uh, the, uh, the link to the same information there and get you a digital copy of that book. And uh, today, I just want to encourage you uh, to do a couple of things, first and foremost, for those of you that uh, prayed that prayer, or maybe you're new to Rethink Life, and maybe you just haven't taken the next step, as you've already learned, next Sunday is something we call our welcome party. And the welcome party is just that. It's a way to welcome you. Uh, if you're new to the community, new to the church, it's a way for you to learn a little bit more about, about how you can get connected, how you can meet people, how you can begin to grow in your spiritual uh, journey. And we want to have that opportunity to connect with you in that way. So you can go online. You can RSVP. We take care of your kids, provide lunch, and it's a great, great opportunity to connect. Another thing that I want to encourage you to, did, uh, to do today is to, um, as a family, as an individual, as a couple, I'm going to encourage you to pray about next Sunday. In fact, uh, if you did not get one of our Make Your Mark brochures, next Sunday is what we're calling our Make Your Mark Sunday. Now, we're continuing this series, but I'm going to do something just for a few moments next week that I think is very, very important for all of us to participate in. As many of you know, uh, we have an incredible opportunity to purchase 4.7 acres of land that we have under contract. But we can't just assume this is going to just happen. This is the biggest faith step we have yet to take as a church. And the purchase price is $1.4 million. We have uh, about $430,000 and some change currently set aside. The banks are requiring us to bring about 800,000, in other words, we got to double what we currently have, we got to bring all of that to the table the first week of September. And so for the next 90 days, effective next week, we're just asking everybody to pray and ask the Lord. Again, we're going to put this message you heard today in, in about prayer, we're going to put it in motion. We're praying, we're going to trust God, and I'm praying that God will just impress upon you what it is that he would lead you to do. Michelle and I, is do, we're, we're doing that same thing. We're going to stretch and we're going to do what we can over and above what we regularly give. And this is not an either or. I want to give towards that and not do this. No. In fact, I would be, let me just tell you my, my honest, my heart and transparent truth that I just feel like I need to convey to you. If you got to decide to figure out between the tithe and giving towards the future, honor God with the tithe, because that's not yours to figure out, that belongs to God. I just want to encourage you with that truth. But I, I do want to ask you to pray about something you can do over and above the tithe. And if you don't give it all, that's okay too. I just want to say this, you're robbing yourself from what God wants to do because of not walking in faith and obedience when it comes to giving God what belongs to Him. So that's the tithe. What we're doing is called an offering. It's over and above. And so we're just asking everybody to bring the portion of this uh, card back that you tear off. It's a pledge. And we're also asking that whatever it is that you're pledging to do for those 90 days, that you bring as much of that as you possibly can in the form of cash as an offering to bring next Sunday. You can do it online. You're not going to be here next Sunday, but I'm praying that, it, listen, this is going to be an awesome time. It's gonna, it, there's no pressure. We're just coming together. We're unifying as a church, and we're taking a step together as a church, taking more ground that we believe God is calling us to take to reach more and more people with the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. Amen? And so let's be faithful, let's be generous, and let's seek the Lord in what He would have you do. 
And so I'm going to pray over the offering today. This white envelope is a way that you can participate. You can open up the front uh, flap there on the white envelope, and you'll notice there are multiple ways that you can give. You can even scan a little QR code there that will take you to a place that will help you give electronically, digitally. And uh, I just want to encourage you, let's be faithful, and let's ask God, the one who provides, Jehovah Jireh, take care of your needs, to take care of our needs as a church, as we step out in faith to do what God has called us to do. I'm going to pray over the offering, and then I want to share with you a little video. I think you'll recognize this person's face, but let me pray over the offering. Father, thank you for the opportunity and the privilege today we have to give. And I pray that today, the Lord, as we give faithfully and generously, Lord, I pray you'll take what we give, you'll use it, multiply it as we continue to reach Lake Nona and beyond. And Lord, we just ask also that you would bless those who are being faithful with their tithe. Lord, they're honoring you with their first fruits. And I pray that today you would bless them. Lord, you pr provide for every need in this place today. Thank you that we get to worship you by giving back to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.